Don't feel like watching movies, so I'll watch people guess them instead. I don't know how it goes, I think it starts with your show. Guys, welcome to the Valley Cast. Welcome you got that. Steve Zarek goes, you got Elliot Morgan, you got Joe Beretta. And we got we got just a sexy threesome today, is what we're doing. We've had a lot of guests lately, but we're just uh we're keeping it real right now. We're just keeping it we're keeping it core. Yeah, you I don't have saying? the brain power for anything more than a threesome, you know? And right now at least. Yeah, I mean usually you're just down for a conversation orgy. Like yes. just jokes and yeah. conversations and people and words like just it. flying left and right. Today, if it's just nice, I don't need to be. What's greedy. going on, Steve? What? Why are you tired? Well, no, I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not like, it's not, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's I talk think, about it. What's going on? Okay. Well, um, well, let's talk about it. Well, I feel like I get enough. Well, Steve, sleep. what's going on? Like, I don't feel like I'm going to. Well, bed Steve, just tell us what's happening. Shut up for a second, Steve, and tell us what's going on. Yeah, stop. I just feel like maybe, I mean, I do feel like I get to it. You know, I don't know. It must be what I'm giving my body, which is not great stuff. What is it? Just heroin and like sandwiches (laughs) all day. Do you mostly eat the heroin and you inject the sandwiches? I inject the ham with heroin. Dude, so gross. I ordered Shake Shack <laughs> before we did our, our, our Sarah Whittle birthday party. I ordered mm. Shake Shack. You guys yeah. had that in a while? Um, it's I've been a never while. partook. Great. It's great. Very good. Very good. It's like a it's like a like a crispier in and out burger. Yeah, let me let me give you a little level here. Is it like okay, I was like, where is it existing within the realms of like in and out, McDonald's? You could you could flip those depending on the human that you are. Yeah. Um or a slight step up. Like I've heard, Hook Burger is a step up above normal fast Closer food. To hook, even, I think. I've never yeah. had Hook Burger. I know Five Guys goes up there a lot. Five Guys is up there with Shake Shack. I'm, I'm not a big sure fan of me. Five Guys. I finally had it. I I had it when we were on our um tour. I think. Oh, didn't and do it for you last year. Yeah, and um. No, it didn't do it for me. I think. It's do you like, think that's part of what's made you so tired? Sleepy today, just... yeah. Thinking about that, yeah. I wonder if like, because it's an expensive burger, isn't it? Five Guys is a little bit pricier than In and Out. I think they're all pricey now. I remember when I was a kid, my dad would be like, "We're taking Five the whole clan to McDonald's." <laughs> when Joe, yeah, kid, something was... happened, right, Joe? No, <laughs> you're right. This is important. What you're saying, Joe, is a big deal. What are you saying, Steve? What are you swiping up on? I'd say when Joe was a kid, burgers were five cents. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, two guys, the exact same age. Look, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just complain about it more. Uh-huh. Uh, but my dad would take us all to McDonald's and be like, five dollars later, we're we're all fed. Mm-hmm. And I'll go to McDonald's by myself these days, and I can't walk away without paying at least ten bucks for a meal for myself. Nine yeah. to ten dollars. Just says- Nine to ten dollars every time. Something Sucks. happened. It got more expensive, and they didn't tell us. And out of nowhere, McDonald's became kind of like a. I guess unless maybe you can get a happy meal or maybe it's the fact that we live in LA and the prices are inflated because it's LA. Hmm. Maybe if we go to Florida, it's not as expensive. I'm not making a case for that and never would, (laughs) but it's a fun thing to think about. I mean, I guess like at the end of the day, it comes down to just like what you're willing to pay for the price of a burger or something, you know? And it's like, Mm. you could go to the grocery store and buy the ingredients. Debatably, it's cheaper, arguably. I mean, I don't even know if it's debatable. I don't even know if it's debatable. (laughs) No, and you could just grill your own goddamn burgers. The only reason why 
in and out and Five Guys and Shake Shack and Fuck House and all these other burger places that you swear by and love taste so fucking good is because they were formulated specially in like a lab to taste that way and be consistent across all of their franchise locations and so and then and they're also designed to be addictive in a lot of ways sugar is so addictive and sugar is in everything and i used to say i'm not much of a sweets guy i don't like cakes and cookies and shit i mean i'll eat them if they're there um and thank you for that but i don't really crave it and but i do love i don't like barbecue sauce and fucking you know fucking orange chicken from fucking uh, a Panda Express, which guess what, kids, has fucking tons of sugar in it. And those addictive things make you want it all the time. And they're utilizing that against us. They're using it as a way to keep us sick, keep us fat, that's keep us one. stagnant. That's and really that's why you'll see a fucking McDonald's in every corner in the lower uh you know the the uh, lower economical areas of your city you know or in the lower economical areas of your towns it's just they're killing us are you are you reading a script provided by big veggie that's right <laughs> big broccoli <laughs> <laughs> how much are they paying my you my hands are in the big broccoli jar <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. You guys use TikTok? Uh slightly, no. a little bit. I have a little fun with it when I'm it's like it's joy creation for me. I have to be in a good mood and it has to be something that like I'm not thinking about. Just like I got this dumb idea I want to make. That's what TikTok's for me. And I haven't made one for a long time. I, that tells you something. I, Let's talk about yep. that, Joe. Um, what's going on there, Joe? Why yeah, haven't you made a TikTok going going on, in a while? Man. Well, let me see. I had. Some Why are you so tired? Just, uh, just tell and, us. Uh, yeah. What's going on? You know, back on our tour. Sure. I wasn't going to tell anybody about this, but I saw Steve had some Five Guys, and he didn't finish it. And he left a little bit outside of his hotel room, and no, I partook. I partook because one, who doesn't partake in any of the leftovers and scraps that are left out of hotel rooms? That would be a waste if you just walked by them and didn't finish them off. That sounds your, like a joke, but I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> guys it's uh um no for real we're all just breaking down mentally that's it Me we're friends, all just breaking we used down to do this, it's been a long weekend we've had long um, weekends when i was a young kid we used to do this thing called raccooning where we would like walk we'd walk down ventura we were in ventura eat California. trash eat, eat trash yeah. yeah well i mean i don't know if it's trash it's not trash if you're raccooning I mean, that's why you raccoon. I, well, we called it raccooning because it's it's almost like you're eating trash, but it's really just someone's food they didn't finish. And uh, sometimes we would walk around Ventura Boulevard and there'd be these, you know, open patio restaurants with outdoor seating and motherfucker leaves a whole slice of cake. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Motherfucker leaves a whole basket of fries. Mm-hmm. Or like the whole roll of bread is still there. Yeah. And it's like, that's going to go right in the trash. They're not going to fucking give that to, like, kids or homeless people. Maybe now mm-hmm. they do, but not in the 90s or the early 2000s. Nobody gave a shit. So yeah. We need it. That sounds a lot like, uh, we can keep the music going, to... What, music? Uh, you... <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what music? Did you, music? Did you hear music? <laughs> Could you imagine? You just have something, a speaker going in the background, Joe? <laughs> 
I'm just going crazy. Please keep the music going. What are you talking about? What do you mean? I mean, if what I'm saying sounds sweet to your ears, Joe, I understand because a lot of people don't really talk about these things, like especially on podcasts. There it is again. There it is again. You guys don't hear that? It's because I'm talking from my aisle. Yeah, it sounds, you would assume there would be music, but there's no music. Hmm. Crazy. Crazy. Just because of how raw. The reason why I brought up TikTok was because, um, and because you guys were talking about broccoli, we brought up broccoli, and I watched a TikTok of a man, like in his maybe like late sixties, early seventies, older gentleman, mm-hmm. and there's a very pleasant song playing, and the camera is like down on the ground by like the dirt, and then like there's plants around him, and uh, he like crawls over to the camera on the ground and he's got a like ranch dressing packet like you know the ones you can get at burger king or mcdonald's they're like yeah, top, yeah. top part and he crawls over to like where the camera is on the ground by the dirt and he's like looking at the camera and he's smiling he's just this happy old man and you're like what are you doing with that ranch dressing you old weirdo man you old man and he the old guy he, he <laughs> reaches person? into like behind the camera and then he grabs like this little tool and you see him kind of like going like this and then he like pulls off like a big piece of broccoli and then he like opens up the packet of ranch and he just dips it right in and he <laughs> takes a big crunchy bite and then he just smiles at the camera and that's the end that's the end of the whole tiktok and i found myself thinking Why, like what 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 compelled that man to share that like like and and it and it comes from a place of pure joy i think he just wants to share the joy of his he's proud of his garden probably and he's and he's it's so fresh you can pull it right off and dip it right in the ranch i think he's saying but i found it to be so strange and titillating and i loved it and i laughed a lot at it and i think tiktok has things like that for you if you want it but but it's also a place for you to like oh i had a funny idea i want to put it on there but i'm finding it more entertaining than like what television is at this point well because television's a you know it's a, it's a commitment you're going into television going i'm going to pay attention to a narrative for 22 to 40 some odd minutes right. and it's 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 like it's like date mm-hmm. night when you when you go to tv uh, you're having casual sex with the TikTok, my friend. You're just getting little you bits how, and pieces like, of people. But I'm talking about like when and moving on. Like when I, so I haven't mm-hmm. had like cable television, like like TV that you could turn on and then switch channels in like decades. But what go. I remember, of, Br- he's what I remember, You guys tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys tell me if it's still the same. But when when I used to watch TV, there wasn't a commitment really. Like you just sat down and something was on, and if you didn't like it, you just fucking change the channel. Or there'd be this thing that's like thirty minutes long max, and it had no commitment, no whatever. It was just this mindless shit. But I just find TikTok to be similar, but way more curated to the crazy shit that you want to see. Whereas TV was like you had to search around forever to find the thing that you really wanted to watch. Yeah, TV was just like a like a close your eyes grab bag. But yeah. it is interesting what you're talking about is is 100 percent true. TikTok is channel surfing. Yeah. You're just like, nink, nink, but it's just but it's, it's smart it's, channel it's, surfing. It's, 
eventually. It's non, I think it's non-porn porn. It's just, it's sexless porn. It's, it's immediate it's gratification porn. that your, your yep. short-ass attention span that's been depleted from years of cell phone use, it can feel a little rush of dopamine that makes you think it's better than like real entertainment and real narratives that you can get invested in. Right. It's, a, it's a epidemic across our culture and it will it will eventually destroy us if it hasn't already. I mean, I think it's all, it's certainly- um, Did you hear that music earlier? It's certainly, no, it certainly <laughs> steered the ship, I think. Like, it, okay. like, I don't think it's ruined us, but it's certainly taken us I mean, we were so susceptible as people, as conscious beings, to really any kind of stimuli, right? Like we're staring at fire when we're when we were like, uh, um, you know, back in, back when we were Homo sapiens or whatever. Four or five years old. Four or five mm -hmm. years old, yeah. Loved and, fire. And you could fire toddlers by fire. Yeah. And someone made a fire <laughs> show, and people were like, "Whoa, I want to go see a fire show." And the guy next to that guy was like, "Yeah, but like we can make a fire show right here." And the guy goes, "Shut the fuck up!" And then he'd hit him with a club and murder him, and nobody cared. Um, but now it's like they they utilized they utilized our consciousness as a way to kind of like make us feel like we need things we don't need. And for some reason, we all kind of like went along with it. I think it's called consumerism. It's that need for, like you said, it's right. the dopamine rush. And it's uh, as humans as well, we like to be entertained. And it's so easy yeah, yeah. to be momentarily entertained and forget the things that actually matter when you're on an app like that or anything. Yeah, I mean, even like, the, the Netflix of the of the world and all that stuff made it so much easier. Distraction oh. is there oh. to, and and the distraction is necessary for a number of things to make you forget the, uh, the pains and your stress and and have a moment of relief. Maybe be inspired because we are all also storytellers and story listeners. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we're not teaching. We weren't prepared for this. This came out of nowhere. We like, I mean, we were alive when this this existence didn't exist. Right. Like we we blinked and then we're like, well, we have careers doing this. This is crazy. Right. So we haven't we haven't been mentally prepared, and we nor were we educated to adequately handle the society in which we're living. And this is the news cycle. This is why we don't care about the hundreds and thousands of bad things that happened in the last year. I mean, we do subconsciously, but we also just like why things come and go why people aren't held accountable politics whatever because we, yeah. we blink and it's over and you forget about it and you're waiting for the next dopamine because it's easier to not engage and 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 truly take the time to educate yourself on a subject mm -hmm. yeah. and to to mentally and emotionally connect with it for the long haul we've we've and been changed I would say, though, that we've been changed, but these some of these TikToks to, and these memes do have an ability to hit some part of my brain so quickly that I find instantly hilarious. That is almost <laughs> scary. Like, yeah. I can relate to that. I'm sure that I would bust out laughing if I saw the little broccoli ranch guy. Yeah, yeah. And it would hit some part of me that you... I don't think a narrative That's TV show saying. could hit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you it's a joke. Find that, but you can't find that even if it's not a joke. It's like, it's like some people feel like it's a joke and it makes them laugh and they love it. 
but the other people just love it because it's an old man having a wonderful time with his garden and it's, it's like, weird and we can yeah. all share we can all share this like experience together we don't you don't have to be like that that's that's why i feel like because my question was going to be sort of like tv affected our generation in this way and tv um, because TV was accessible in this way, but also restricted in how you watch things and what you watched and when you watched it. But now we have like instant TV gratification. At 3 a.m. you could start watching the entire series of The Mandalorian or Seinfeld or whatever. And with TikTok, like I've talked to young people who say that they've spent they've spent an upwards of like three hours at a time, like, like on TikTok, not looking away, not going to Twitter also and Instagram, like two to three hours on TikTok, just mm -hmm. watching shit. And, and I was like, well, okay. I spent like sometimes three hours watching Saturday morning cartoons and shit. So it's not that crazy to think about people spending that much time with one thing with such a variety of things to see. But my question is, how will that type of entertainment affect future generations? Like in a positive or negative way, but maybe more positive so that we can keep it kind of there. But how do you think? We, we probably only have like two or three generations left. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true if we think about it. <laughs> yeah, I can't worry about the the fifth generation from me. I'm not too worried about because I don't think that's going to be a thing. They used to say that like SpongeBob was ruining children because the the they would like time how long they would be on one frame and it was like such a short amount of time that they felt like that over stimuli of like cutting and cutting and cutting was like bad for kids um, that's so interesting because spongebob coming from somebody that didn't watch it growing up i just missed appreciating it I know is beloved for the lessons that it taught yeah. and the good-hearted nature of the characters yeah. that, that that brought like good lessons to just a bevy of youth and yeah. made them feel accepted. Right. That I I don't know. You would hope that the the human you you hope that humans are resilient because that's what it seems like we have been yeah. for the longest of times. Yeah. But you know, are, are we creating something that we can't overcome or have we created a uh, cauldron yeah. of shit that is going to, you said, Elliot, um, kind of doom us in a couple generations anyways. I don't know. Well, I we'll think see. It, I think... I'm more optimistic than that, but yeah, I do I... think it's, we're headed that way. I think it's going to be different. I think, I think we're heading down, and now we're not even talking about technology, but I think we're heading down uh, a route of what you could even say it's positive or negative. I think there there's a scary negative aspect about um, side of it all of life is going to be so much different than what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse yeah, uh, because of that. our advancements or because of, of the world. And oh. it's kind of like fighting back against us. Here's why I say for better. I'll yep. Three reasons why for better. Number one, we're all disgusting. We're disgusting people that probably didn't wash our hands enough, probably shouldn't have been as uh, loosey-goosey about our very open orifices with access to our in immune systems. And I think that a global pandemic will make us more um, clean, more careful, more um, 
I mean, look, I know you say who knows because certainly people won't, but I think that if, let's say, if we're spinning a positive from the pandemic, 5% of the population of the world is now more conscious of how their eyeballs are an access to their immune system. <laughs> I'd say that that's a positive thing because for me, okay, it's like- Okay, so Steve thinks people who get COVID are inherently dirty. Okay. And have open eyes. No, Let no. Just ra- and have open <laughs> eyes. They have open, dirty eyes. No. Wash your eyes. Open, open dirty Elliot, eyes. You have to also write down that I said we when I said it. I said- Well, I didn't. I wrote Steve, but I did write- we're disgusting, very open orifices, yeah, yeah, which is also right. So that's one thing that I think we didn't really have super conscious, a, a super conscious like awareness of. And I think that if anything, we'll have a little bit of that. Number two, I think that um, it made people um, spend time with with themselves, right? Like it made yeah. it made people spend time with themselves, which I think a lot of people don't do. And and what I and what I mean by that is is that I'm not saying sitting down and watching TV or masturbating or doing all these things that make you happy. I'm talking about I'm talking about the things where you think about the 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 decisions you made that day self-reflection self-reflection yes steve thinks self-reflection is steve thinks introspection is good yes and self-reflection is bad eyes inside good yes dirty open eyes good inside (laughs) intro spectrum and and the Uh. the third thing is i think it made people even more interested in the the ways that our governments are absolutely winging it just like everybody else's and the fact that the pandemic was handled like a big fucking joke for, and it still sort of is but it's starting to feel good because you're hearing about those vaccine numbers and you're like all right this is we're, we're moving forward when things are looking good but when you think about how the whole fucking thing was handled from day one i think people are like oh oh okay we can't trust anybody so we have to be more, I guess this kind of aligns with being self-aware, but we need to be more aware of like our immediate like world. More think, discerning. Yes. And I think it, and I think that's more attentive, more attentive, dirty eyes. Yes. More attentive and dirty eyes. Those are just three he, things. I could probably come up with more, but those are three. Some you, less dirty eyes. Yeah. Wash your eyes and make sure you're looking at things and asking why. Cover your, uh, your cover your. Steve, eyes. I think those are good. I think those are all really Thank good. You. Thank you. Thank you. Two do you um, want this? immediate thoughts. Steve, do you want to hang on to this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. Very good. Um, that'd be so cool if it just did. <laughs> um, it's just fully written out. And then it's an uh, OK Go video from here on out. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Ah, the two thoughts that came to my mind while you were saying that were was one, I heard somebody or I saw a tweet of somebody saying something along the lines of, you know, with all this disinfectant and hand washing we've all been doing, has anybody else not been sick this year? And then I thought about it and I haven't been. 
like fortunately of course but like not being around a lot of people and just constantly disinfecting everything in our house because heather my wife is uh compromised with the with the sicknesses that she's dealing with we've just been like over the top doing it yeah constantly Mm -hmm. and i haven't had a sniffle and not to a howard hughes degree but you're you're being careful no washing our hands uh, Yeah, it's it's. I thought about it, and the kids not going to school and not being back. around other people ever. Right. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I, but we it, all, I know what you mean though. Wearing a mask, we, washing your hands more. It yeah. I have. All got I'm gonna file to that under Steve's number sick. one, Joe. That that does go under Steve's number. <laughs> well, one. and then to go on further from Steve's number one, the other fun thing that I it's a visual image, and it was a description of of the pandemic and how it can infiltrate your body that has not went away from me since. I heard it at the beginning of this and somebody described our bodies like the Death Star and that our mouths and our nose are the hole <laughs> in which Luke Skywalker, <laughs> Luke Skywalker could shoot his little torpedoes inside of you and give you COVID. And, and the torpedo it hasn't, is as people spit and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't. It lives rent free in my brain like that descriptor just like sold it for me on everything. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. OK, I get it now. But the thing is, is like that's but even though. It's also a mind-blowing visual to me because it really simplifies that that process. It's like we we're not dumb. Like we know how illnesses are transmitted. Like we we you learn that in school. But for some reason, we we the older Sin. we get, we get this like kind of invincibility shield that we have and we feel like, well, even though these terrible things exist in the world, I'm not going to get it. And then you kind of forget how your eyeball is the Death Star exhaust port <laughs> and your mouth is the Death Star exo- exhaust port. And too this, many exhaust ports. Too many exhaust ports. And it's like, you just got to protect those ports. That's all. And, <laughs> and and maybe more so when you're in like crowded places and stuff. Like someone was saying, I follow a lot of Disneyland forums and stuff. And someone was saying that official word behind the scenes is, is that even when everyone is vaccinated and we all have like herd immunity or whatever, it still may be a requirement to wear masks at Disneyland. And I thought Hmm. that that was really interesting, but it kind of makes sense when we're talking about what we're talking about right now, which is we need a better awareness of how these things can affect us. And like, look, there may never be another, there may not be another super flu or super virus like the coronavirus for a very long time, but certainly it could happen at any moment. And if that's the case, then why not wear a mask all the fucking time it's even when we're out of this? Such a cultural indicator. And and the hope is that we leave with our culture being a little bit better. We'll see, fingers you crossed. Know, but like over in Japan, <laughs> masks are commonplace. That's normal, yeah. And in other countries, when people are sick, like people that know they're not feeling well, it's just common sense and good nature and manners to put on a mask and not Very spread beautiful. that shit. And it's never, never once has that been brought up in my life that I can think of. I've heard, don't go to school if you're sick. Yeah, yeah. Stay or home. If- don't go to work. But yeah. nobody's ever said, dude, yeah, put on a mask and don't spread that well, shit. That it is, lesson was nice and- never taught. It's been nice and normalized, yeah. It's like, all right, oh, I just have a mask. Okay, that's a nice, I don't care. Some, I mean, I can't say yeah. in two years I'm going to, like, still be wearing one if the experts say, 
it's not necessary and i hope that's the case yeah but until then if they're like wear a mask it's like well we all got them now like we can just wear the masks you can just reach into your you have them in your car you just have them on you yeah Yeah, i hope it's just a lesson that we take once we get out of this angry politicized um narrative surrounding it and and the fact that it's that's the third point (laughs) joe thinks this is gonna end <laughs> Joe thinks the Civil War is not coming. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Uh, just, I like the idea of writing stuff down because it just implies that I don't believe what you're saying. Uh huh, uh huh. So he thinks things are going to be better. Okay. And use it, use it against us all. You know? <laughs> The end of the podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, keep going, keep going. This is good. Yeah, yeah. You're like the sh- you're like the shittiest <laughs> therapist. That, like, oh uh, yeah. Think- okay, so so that's your very normal and good and healthy thought. Okay, all right. I'm just make a note of that. And then eyes wide. Oof. 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 All right. Ooh. Oh boy. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. I remember reflection like, is good. Okay, I won't go with that. Right. I remember like five years ago, someone came to my birthday party and they were wearing like a a mask. And I was like, I thought it was kind of weird, right? Like, because, you know, five years ago wasn't, you know, we weren't, we, we did, it wasn't normalized here, really. Um, uh, but, but I remember asking if they were okay or whatever, or like, hey, how you doing? Or, or like, went in for a hug or something. They're like, oh, they're like, um, I'm wearing this because I don't feel like I'm not sick, but I don't feel very good. But I still wanted to come and I want to just protect everybody from potentially getting what I have if I have something. And I remember thinking, holy shit, that's like above and beyond like human kindness. <laughs> I remember being like, holy shit, go home. Yeah, go the fuck home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember thinking it was really sweet that they still came. Um, but but I remember thinking like so many things like that's so that's above and beyond human kindness. And also like it's like, eh, but who gives a fuck? Like if I get, if I get a cold, I will get through it. You know, like that was always kind of my feelings with cold. Like I never really, I never really got upset with a friend who would like come over even though they were sick. You know, that whole thing. Like where you're yeah, like, you're why, like the whatever. Fuck are, <laughs> why the fuck are you here if you're sick? I never really cared. Cause I was like, if I get sick, I get sick. I could get through it. I've been sick before. But it's just Steve's a sick champion. Don't like, <laughs> dude. He's like twenty and zero against sickness. Dude, don't fuck with Steve. If there's one sickness. thing Steve is, Steve can handle illness. Bring it on, illness. Yeah, man. You knock it. He'll knock illness out of the park. Yeah. it's gone. You know, I mean, sure, a cold, yes. <laughs> Something yeah. outside of that, maybe. When Steve has sex, he screams out, "Make me sick!" Yeah, yeah. I don't care about you. Try it. It's so cool. That's oh, I, get me sick, baby. <laughs> I really gauge if I care about getting sick by how cool it is. Like, is it? Yeah. Like, is it Disneyland? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, that's cool. Is it yep. worth it? Thing? Eh, it's not so cool. I'll stay home. I'm <laughs> yep. Cost benefit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need help moving. Ah, it's not so cool. I'm kind of sick. I got. I got to protect you. But like, we're gonna go. Dude, see you that. sound like. Sh- that's <laughs> it at the and we have our own theater it's only it's gonna be 20 of us oh i'm, I'm good that sounds cool i'm there <laughs> you know? dude you sound like shit where what what happened oh i got sick i went to uh went to a renaissance fair what <laughs> where they served alcohol sweet sweet yeah that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah but that's the thing like when you think about big it's like in the future for me if, if I have both vaccinations and I'm pretty protected and, and herd immunity seems to be working out well in Los Angeles, knock on wood, 
then I feel like I would probably be choosy about where I would wear a mask, but I would certainly have it on me. And I think like Disneyland's probably a safe place to wear a mask and probably a place where you'd want to, even if you didn't mm-hmm. have to from here on out. And I think maybe my own personal feelings about wearing a mask after vaccinations and herd immunity is, is that like, if it's a super crowded place, it's probably safer to wear a mask, right? Like, you guys feel similarly to that? Do you mean just in general moving forward? Move, like in the future, once we have like, all of our friends and family have been vaccinated and like- I'm not that much in that camp. I, just cause if I'm going to like a concert or something and it's crowded, I wanna feel like I'm around people and I'm connecting with them and seeing their facial expressions. But at that, yeah. that's assuming everything is like, copacetic well and, i'm not saying safe. that i would ma- i would i would not go if people weren't wearing masks i'm just saying but that you would yeah my that's own fine. personal yeah i think i would because it's I like that's great especially if it's like are there a lot of people from all over the world here like am i at the airport like at the airport i'd probably wear a mask airport's probably a good place to just generally do it moving For sure. forward now on yeah yeah actually yeah. that that's where i probably agree because if we were to go back like in our minds we knew it was pre-covid times yeah I wouldn't wear a mask to Disneyland unless I'm hoping that what I've learned from all of this is that if I wasn't feeling quite right and I'm like, oh, I could be coming down with something that I would have the initiative and wherewithal inside me to just throw one on. Exactly. Totally. Can I, yeah. do you guys want to maybe talk about some really cool products? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Since it's the 33 mark and, and it'd be, yeah. I think it'd be really cool specifically maybe to talk a little bit uh, about our good friends over at uh, Quip. Whoa. Uh, guys, Quip has let us try some of their new gum and I'm going to tell you about it a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Uh, yeah. If, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, you brush, you floss. Do you chew gum? though okay because gum is the unsung hero when it comes to better oral health i like the american dental association recommends chewing sugar-free gum for 20 minutes after meals but you didn't know that gum is something people chew as a way to relieve stress and curb appetites and most importantly freshen their breath but many people don't actually realize that gum can also be an integral part of a healthy oral care routine it was only a few short years ago that quip reinvented the toothbrush for the modern age i use a quip toothbrush it's absolutely wonderful uh it's the best toothbrush i've ever had they've done it again and this time it was for chewing gum well they've launched a new gum that's actually good for your oral health and comes with a dispenser that'll remind you of the one click candy you loved as a kid you know what we're talking it about does. very fun it does remind you of that quip gum can help prevent cavities and freshen breath when chewed for 20 minutes after eating it's sugar-free and has tooth-friendly xylitol with zero calories and satisfy your taste buds quip added the long-lasting mint flavor crunchy tri-layer design and stamped it all with the classic quip tongue uh joe and i've been chewing this stuff joe how delicious is it uh too delicious ran right through it (laughs) ran right through it folks and you can take it anywhere you want because the slim travel friendly dispenser it's available in five colors metal or plastic packs and protects up to 10 pieces of gum at a time and fits in just about any purse or pocket for on the go and in a world where we all need to be extra safe and hygienic we were just talking about that guys the quick release button means you can still share with friends no wrappers no hands uh, no hassles 
Add a gum refill stuff. plan for a gift that keeps on giving all year round. Quip's customizable subscription lets you chew and share at your own pace and not worry about running out. Plus, the more you buy, the more you save with bulk discounts on extra gum packs, and they're worth it. It's not a substitute for brushing and flossing, obviously, but this is a great support for your oral health. Pair it with a nice Quip electric toothbrush for adults and kids. Get some refillable Ooh. floss. More great products yeah. right now for the special deals fit. Uh, fits great in uh, in a stocking if you want to give a little Valentine's Day stocking as part of the traditions <laughs> that you love. In addition to in addition to gum packs, Quip also delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months from five dollars. Shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the misery of in-store shopping, which we could all do some more of right now. So if you would like, what to if get- you were a married person and you suddenly saw that Santa was leaving stockings? for your wife on Valentine's Day. I'd be, It'd be weird, but you'd be happy about. that they were taking care of her oral health. So <laughs> I'd be like, have you been seeing Santa lately? Because it's not Christmas. Yeah. I don't now, have a stocking. <laughs> now listen, if you go to getquip.com slash valley right now, guys, you can get a free plastic dispenser with any refill plan. That's right, a free dispenser at getquip.com slash valley, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash valley. Quip, the good habits company. It's like dentist Pez. It's really cool. Well, you again, I'm supposed to say that word probably, but that's part of the ad read, so. Yeah, well, then we're out we'll of the do... ad read, by the way. It's like dentist that that candy you loved as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. But now we're back in the ad read because you can take that quip gum and utilize it after enjoying all the culinary delights that you're going to make with our next sponsor. I don't know about you, but I've been cooking a lot more at home lately, and that's true. That's not just something I read. I've gotten a lot better. That's one of the things that I've done better over this nice. this year. Something I learned pretty quickly is that using a good knife makes all the difference. And the best knife that I've used is the Misen Chef's Knife, and it's been a total game changer in the kitchen for me. And again, not just something I'm reading. This thing is cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Misen makes it easy for you. They've decided their chef's knife to replace an entire set of knives, which is always better. Mm-hmm. The, the Misen chef's knife is beautiful inside and out. Its unique sloped handle not only allows you to chop more efficiently, easily, and safely, but the elegant design also makes you want to show it off rather than stashing mm-hmm. it in a drawer. Because, again, it makes you feel cool and look cool. A dull mm-hmm. knife is a dangerous knife, say say those people that know things about knives, and it makes cooking more difficult. But with the Misen Chef's Knife, I can slice through anything like butter. It makes cooking so much easier and more fun. Misen is two to three times less expensive than other premium knife brands for the same amazing quality. Misen's knives are crafted with high-grade stainless steel, so they stay sharper longer and last a lifetime, which everybody is a long time, okay? And all for the fraction of a competitor's cost. The Misen Chef's Night is legit and verified. It has over 5,000 five-star reviews from real pro chefs and also a cult following among home, shelf, home chefs and foodies like myself. Um, it's got one of those notches in the knife that I didn't know about until I had this knife where it just enhances your grip and makes sure that you're just cutting accurately and safely. And it's the best thing that I've ever had in the kitchen. Uh, highly recommend. So, guys, 
be like me, step up your cooking game now and head over to Misen.com slash ValleyCast for 20% off your first order. That's M-I-S-E-N.com slash ValleyCast for 20% off your first order. Misen.com slash ValleyCast. Also, do it! Slash ValleyCast, guys. Also, it's, a, it's one knife. How great is that? Yeah. It's one knife. It is nice. You know how, like... I wish when I was stuff. in my 20s, I knew that there was just one knife. One more knife, knife. One more knife. Just one knife. You only need one. Just one knife. That's good. Our new goal should be to sing Phil Collins covers for every sponsor. Have you guys from here on out? Have yeah. you seen The Stand or heard of The Stand, Stephen King's? I've heard of it. I watched and was like um, weirdly, uh, I don't want to say obsessed, but just like fascinated by the original television made for TV special. Yeah, I remember that. Because at that age, all of the like weird, like end of times religious stuff scared the shit out of me. Same. And because of that, it also <laughs> made me fascinated to like kind of dip my toe in it. Right. And The Stand was one of those. I never picked up the book because it just looked daunting. Yeah. Um, You're not. But I'm interested in this this new series. I hear it's pretty good. Is it? I mean, it's, it's so fascinating. Well, what was what you're you're it's so hard to to describe it because it's like it's not a great show. And if you loved the original series, then you'll probably like at least be like, oh, I remember that. Oh, they're doing that. They're doing that. That's cool. And and it's neat. And they're certainly doing visually interesting things. And the cast is crazy. Like fucking Greg Kinnear's in it and uh, James Marsden. And and just so everybody knows, it, it's not Greg Kinnear. It's fucking Greg Kinnear, fucking who is Greg. a Norwegian actor that came over recently after um, doing very well in the Vikings program. I don't know if you saw or not, but fucking Greg Kinnear takes it to another level. Wait, He's like 30 Am years younger than the right Greg guy. Kinnear. Yeah. How do you spell Kinnear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the right guy. <laughs> Whoa, he was in Vikings? That's cool. No. Uh, what the fuck? I, I mean, he could be. I was talking about fucking Greg Kinnear, who is different than Greg oh, Kinnear. Oh, I see, I see. The YouTuber and Twitch so podcast kind of flies off the rails right after the ads. I'm just making that for Ryan. That's it. Joe's commitment to the bit was so good that Steve thought yeah. fucking Greg oh. Kinnear might have been a real human. No, I thought you were saying he's he's Greg Kinnear, so we call him fucking Greg Kinnear. Like he's so cool. <laughs> that's what we call him. Because he's great. Don't you love Greg Kinnear? Yeah, he's just like, oh, that's a guy. Yeah, but he's great in everything he's in. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. He's, he's uh, the same in everything he's in, but he's great in everything he's in. Didn't he start as like a E News host? Like that's where oh. his career started, and yeah, did then he, he soup fell into acting. Yeah, maybe yes. he soup for a little no. while. Yeah, something like that. Let me check. Or maybe fucking he popped in from time Greg to time. On Make sure you type "fucking Greg Kinnear." <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. You guys keep talking while I look up um, Greg Kinnear so stuff. Anyways, epic. talk about the show. So The Stand is Stephen King's, like, epic. Yes, he Stephen did talk King. soup. He had this, oh, there you go, talk soup, yeah. That's That, that makes sense. That was after John Henson, right? Because I feel like I was upset about them getting rid of John Henson. Yeah. 
Actually, what am I looking at here? Anyways, he also yeah, did an yeah. uncredited voice in Beavis and Butthead Do America. Well, my goodness. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> so The Stand is like Stephen King's, I guess he made like two big epic series in his like so far. Like Dark uh, Tower. The Dark and, uh... Tower and The Stand. Yeah. And The Stand, when he made it, was supposed to be his Lord of the Rings, like a big like journey to to vanquish evil and basically oh, isn't that the dark tower well the dark tower is too exactly so it's almost like he he did <laughs> but the isn't stand. the stand a standalone book the stand is a standalone book yeah and the dark tower was okay. like a big big series that just kept going mm -hmm. and going that was his harry potter yeah yeah so anyway um it's very good Some to, to kind of summarize good. it's like i read the first one basically a it's crazy good. a big pandemic comes around kills so many people on the planet only only like a few people are left and then some of them start like a society of like free good people of the land and then this other these other people start like an evil let's murder and kill and have sex and do drugs because the fun cult. because the world is over and that place is run by basically like a demon and that demon is trying to like end good in the world. And he's like big and charismatic and sexy and yeah. long hair in the original. Yeah. Yeah. And really? He's like an Amer he's like an American gladiator. Right. Cool. And on the other side, they have Whoopi Goldberg as yeah. as uh Mother Abigail, who's basically like the angel to the devil or the god in the new one? In the stand, yeah. It's Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I have to watch it's it. It's a yeah. great cast. And it's and it's really fascinating but it's also disgusting and terrifying <laughs> <laughs> you're just getting the full spectrum of feelings there <laughs> like if american horror story was ever kind of gross to you joe imagine that turned up to 11 if walking Whoa. dead oh. if walking dead is too much for you then you probably shouldn't watch the stand oh interesting so they really went for it they Crazy. went for it i mean it's gory as fuck and it's very vicious, and the evil characters are standard Stephen King evil characters. You know how mm -hmm. like uh, our pal Nick Hamilton name drop. Uh, he his Who? character in it is like a terrifying this. fucking bully that you're like. Even when you watch it, you're like, Jesus, this kid's fucking scary. Like Stephen King loves to write characters like that, and there are mm -hmm. certainly characters like that in The Stand. Um, and it's very fascinating, very cool, well acted, visually awesome. I recommend it, but again, be careful if you're like, if Walking Dead's too much for you, then stay away. It's actually very fun. That point you just made, I think I'm realizing in the moment, is very Stephen King. He's like, there's not a lot of nuance to some of his characters. No. It's just like, this is the real fucking crazy evil yeah. guy. You're not going to feel bad for him too much. Right. He's just going to fuck shit up for a while. Right. Do yeah. you guys like characters that fuck shit up? I got some. Some are supernatural. Some are human. It's almost like he... This one's a dog. <laughs> yeah. And this one's a dog. It's almost like he decided... It's almost like he was like, what are the most fucked up things I could possibly think of? And how do I channel that in a in a constructive way <laughs> and it's almost yeah, like he's uh, that in the characters that he writes i really really love him and i've read a lot of his stuff i can't say that i like any single one thing that i've read from him has made me be like this is one of the best books of all time but the way he writes and like the way he can make creepy things sound extra creepy is crazy yeah like 
his brain works in a way that is nuts and he can just so subtly and nonchalantly say something that just makes me go like all right that's like disturbing like he just successfully will disturb like the type of thing that if you were writing a book like a horror book with some like real fucked up shit in it and you put that sentence on the paper you would go maybe that sentence doesn't belong on paper and you'd take it out (laughs) but he yeah he leaves it in. <laughs> it'll like, and, it, and then it'll make you, then it'll go back to humor and you're like, wow, yeah, it's really right. cool. And what the showrunners of The Stand did, which is, I believe it's it's like a woman and someone else, some ladies in charge of the show. And she's a huge fan of The Stand. Like she's obsessed with it. And so she really got to like hmm. get into Stephen That's King's cool. writing and yeah. really translate that onto screen. And oh, when you cool. talk about the disturbing things that he's capable of writing, um, which makes your imagination kind of go in places that you weren't, that you didn't want mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. They, so imagine someone t- lovingly taking that and, and making that a visual image. And they really do that in the show. So like the visuals you see that are very disturbing feel like Stephen King visuals. If that makes sense. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people felt that way about Lord of the Rings. Like, they yeah. felt that Peter Jackson really did a good job of actually translating much of the books. I know there's right. some gripes mm-hmm. here and there, but overall, the, people were very happy. Yeah, because there's an understanding of the of the source material that Under they the have. standing. Under yeah. the standing <laughs> of the source <laughs> material, yeah. But yeah. um, but it's really good and really gross and really fucked up. And, like, I, I, I got to, like, episode three... I think the whole thing is out now. There might be one more episode left, um, like ne- for next week. But um, the uh, I got to episode three and I was like, I think I'm gonna stop watching this show because it really it's it's it really hit at a time too where we're dealing with a real pandemic and the pandemic in the show is very similar but a little bit more destructive and disgusting and awful. Um, so you really feel like why do you why do I want to watch this right now? You're like, seeing the side of things like if shit really got out of hand and the worst parts of human nature were unleashed. Yes, yes, which yeah. felt which we felt dangerously close to for a time last year and I think that it's an inappropriate time for a show like this, but and it made me feel really like giving up on it, but for some reason I just kept coming back and there are rewards for sticking with it, I think, but it never really breaks off from being something that you really look forward to watching more so than something you just have to finish. Yeah. I hate it when I get to that feeling with a book or a show yeah. The like, I'm kind of just exhausted by the journey and the reason right. I'm trying to get to the end is so it ends. Right. That's like, the I worst feeling. I can't have feeling. put too much time into this and then not get to the end. I did that with Dexter and I feel like I, I don't regret that now, but for a time I was like, why did I go so deep into it and then just give up on it? You know, <laughs> and that kind of like the meme that's like gets passed around on Reddit where it's like over quarantine, people have rewatched like Breaking Bad so many times. Right. They've rewatched The Office and no one ever rewatches Game of Thrones because everyone knows that it ended so horribly. Because <laughs> they know where it's going. And it just, yeah. And, yeah. and so no one is trying, no one's diving in and no one's recommending people dive into Game of Thrones because it's like collectively wow. known how bad it ended. And it's not crazy. Like- what a- and it's not like the showrunners like try to make a show like that. Cause I was going to say, if that's the secret to making like a show that will stand the test of time, something that's bingeable and evergreen forever, 
you know, then that might not be too hard to do. But then you're like, I'm sure the showrunners of Game of Thrones were trying to do that. I wonder if it was actually that bad or if we all just remember it being worse than what it was. Like, because we had such high expectations. But I don't know. Maybe it just sucked. But I still remember there being moments that were so cool in the last season. But I also have terrible taste with that stuff. So I'm like... I think it was the time constraints, right? Like, where you're so used to cool moments just being like drawn out over a long time and you kind of got to sit with it and it was like yeah. a chunky good bite yeah but like it was just rushed through big moments to like to the point where you do get to the end where maybe some of those moments also sucked yeah that I think, uh I think it me, wasn't a good combo yeah for me it's like if i if i back if now that we're so distanced from it and it's out of our lives almost completely now if i think back, i haven't I, thought about game of thrones neither have i yeah once yes. since it ended <laughs> Yeah. Right, but you'll still finish the stand, even though it's right. not that yeah. great. But like, I think what happened with Game of Thrones was, is it it came at a time where there was nothing like it on TV, and desperately there was a big dramatic hole, a big drama action hole in in media and on TV, and I think it filled that hole perfectly. And then they had amazing source material to pull from, and then by the time they got to the book material being done. Yeah, they were runners were on their own. I think they just like kind of didn't know where to go with it. And it and it actually looks like the series is really good until there isn't book material anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is just bad. And I think the quality just never got back up to the book material and that's kind of what happened. I forget, did they keep George at arm's length? Well, in the I, final creative steps? I think they George refused to to like share his thoughts on where the book was going and i Hmm. think they were still talking to him about it and he was approving things but a lot of people think that george was seeing where they would go with it to try to do the exact opposite of (laughs) see what works and see what doesn't very (laughs) smart george yeah i get what you're doing I'd love to watch a um, big, unbiased, kind of both sides of the coin documentary. Yeah. Just about the whole fucking thing. Like, where did it go wrong? How did George R.R. feel? What about people that were close to production? Right? Like, that'd be fucking mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And I'm sure there will be once uh, everything's said and done and that book comes out, if it ever does. Um, the things that I've watched and the thoughts that I've had as far as entertainment go are thus, and I'll keep it quick. I'm in season three, Coven of American Horror Story. Great! It's just, it's just a, it's just a silly, fun, yeah, gross, visceral show. The whole yes! thing. Yes, you're seeing it. I, you're seeing it the way you should see it. I, yeah, I think the anthology angle they took while keeping cast members is unique mm-hmm. and awesome. Yeah, like, I really like it. Too. Very fresh. Yeah, and it's a good like. Uh, just like and the anticipation that you feel for a will somebody be in this season? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, or will they not? And how yeah. and when do they show up? Is a fun little game that you. Yeah, get to play. yeah. <laughs> the two thoughts that I have, well, the three when we we've spoke about one. I'm watching with my daughter who's 13, and there's just it's just forced many looks and conversations of moments <laughs> of like, you know, that's not a normal thing to do to a human, and this is a healthy relationship. Let's press pause. <laughs> this is a bad so it's guy, forced... and this is a good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's been fun and interesting. Um, and then the other two things. One, Jessica Lang is one of the most amazing actresses that I didn't realize was so talented and good Incredible. and magnetic and scary. Uh, and then even a step further, I knew Evan Peters. That's his, that's his name? Yeah. Evan Peters? Yeah. yeah. Evan Peters 
first introduced to him by being Quicksilver, Quicksilver. and just being very charismatic in those moments and stealing the show in those movies and me going, that's a talented guy. But after watching American Horror oh. Story, that guy's a generational actor. Agreed. I can't, I cannot Agreed. believe how good he is. So mm-hmm. versatile. He's got like, and yeah, he's uh, getting so many people pregnant. It's crazy. <laughs> Good. We need more Evan Peter. He's good at what he does. Spread, spread yeah. that that skill, baby. He's like a, very good. He's like a uh, uh, who's the guy from There Will Be Blood and shit. That actor, Daniel Day. Yeah, he's George like Clooney. a young Daniel Day as far as like versatility goes. <laughs> the dude. Go- he is. He's he's yeah. gonna be like a, he's like a Paul Dano and like yeah. A, yeah. But even Paul Dano is still doing is doing hyper selective stuff, and I feel like Evan Peters is just what? biding Paul. his time. He's gonna be he's Paul. gonna be with us for a very long time. Yeah. Paul Dano is like they rival each other on an acting level, but I wouldn't call Paul Dano yeah. charismatic. Evan Peters can just be like gushing charisma well, yeah, totally, on totally. the screen, but can also do crazy yeah. frightening so well. And the fact that he can just like cry on cue like so tragically whenever yeah. he wants it blows my mind every single time um and so that's my american like horror anthem. story thoughts yeah i'm in love is what i'm saying Dude. take me ravish my yeah. body mm-hmm. uh you, um, and then heather and i started chernobyl in the, in the political season then you're like terrified of him and then you're like then you really see the fucking range of this guy but anyway oh, i can't wait chernobyl yeah. uh, and then start for the same reason we're watching it and shouldn't be watched i feel it's uh it's a masterpiece where two and a half, I think out of five episodes in it's a masterpiece. It's so cool looking and the storytelling is frightening, but it's frightening because what I've learned in it, I'm like, I'm, the radiation and the fallout is frightening and what the world just is like, just barely survived. Like the possibilities that were like on the table is frightening. But what's yeah. more frightening is that and have you watched it, Elliot? Mm-mm. Okay, I have not. but when you guys do, what the scariest part is is that it's just a tale about a bunch of inept men in power, desperately just trying to hold on to power despite like being totally inadequate. It, and that's like what I've you do. You live through, it. dude. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, you sit there and you before <laughs> you yes. pick your jaw up off the floor and you go, "Holy crap, we like." We narrowly missed being that. Like, yeah. we, we experienced it a little bit, but it never, I think, like, really busted out of the gates as bad as it could. Yeah. This showcases what happens when you put inept, inept power-hungry people in power, and they have it. It's frightening. Yeah. I would say I'm, I'm more scared watching Chernobyl than I am watching American Horror Story. You know Do what? Do you guys know there's 26 missing nuclear warheads? <laughs> Uh, this has Excuse been our me, Valley Cast. Uh, yeah, they're, they're called. Uh, yeah, they're called Broken Arrows, and they no one knows where they where they are. They're um, in the ocean. Things go missing. Yeah, things go missing. Cthulhu is preparing for the big return. Yeah, <laughs> we have sports um, on Cthulhu. <laughs> Cthulhu. Have you guys seen? You guys should see the documentary Lady in the Dale if you are looking for a docu- new documentary series. Lady in the say Dale. A word like, about. Could I trouble you with for a text with like five of your documentary recommendations? Absolutely. Thank That's you. like the one thing I watch. I, I would appreciate. I will definitely. Because I'm looking to dig into some thinky, thought-provoking, scary, sexy documentaries. Ooh, sexy documentaries. And uh, mm. I'd love it. You know. 
I can do that. I can Watch do that, that I mean, Orange Years one we were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. it's so good. All right, the Orange yeah. Years, was, it blew my mind. I'm excited. So Yeah, good. it shouldn't Dude, have, but it did. It was really good. Yeah. It, 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 oh, I was like that. We were Grace and I were watching it, and we are like, oh, maybe we're like Nickelodeon. Like, we just, that's what our, like, Disney affinity has, like, landed. Like, we're, like, Nickelodeon kids, and then there's Disney mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. From our generation, yeah, anyway, the two yeah. branches. Interesting. Oh, I was one hundred percent a Nickelodeon kid, and that documentary reminded me of it. And I, I was surprised yeah, at. Too. I was there. We were all there from the start, and I don't think we realized it when we were watching it as yeah. kids. Because yeah. as you said earlier in the podcast, Steve, we would just turn on a, a TV, and sometimes you would land on something. And yeah. then one day we landed on this thing on Nickelodeon. Can't do that on yeah. television. And, yep. And then we kept watching it, and we didn't realize that Double Dare hadn't been around forever. Right. We just saw Double Dare, and we watched it. But we watched everything Nickelodeon ever made from the start. It's crazy. Right. Because when you watched The Price is Right when you were a kid, you saw episodes from, like, the 70s or something. Yeah. We just assumed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We just assumed same Double Dare, same with all that shit. Um, I don't know. Hey, Dude was the first thing. Yeah. The first a live action show that they ever made. I remember going, I like Hey Dude. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. I, I was more of a, a salute your shorts than a Hey Dude dude because I didn't. That like was it. number two. Yeah, you got to watch the documentary, Steve. And then I, I talk, to, talk to us about it next week. Um, There's also a documentary really quickly about Flight of the Navigator. Did you see that, Joe? Did you know? No. Uh, I saw that you guys text, texted something, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's about the kid and like growing up as the flight of the navigator kid and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Yep. Big part of our childhood flight of the navigator was great. Love it. Um, well folks, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Valley cast. If you would like to join the Mm -hmm. Valley folk in our mission toward fun and comedy and love, you can go to patreoncom slash the Valley folk. And if you'd like to support this podcast, Mm -hmm. you can subscribe on iTunes, maybe even leave us a review, or you can visit one of those sponsors we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier down below. And, Movie Movie Game is still available for pre-order if you would like to check it out at bit.ly.com slash movie movie game. You can get that going. A bunch of you guys are still Mm. pre-ordering, and we're going to put in an order very soon. It's going to be very exciting, and hopefully you've seen the newest episode of Movie Movie Game. And if you haven't, you can go to youtube.com slash thevalleyfolk and subscribe over there and have a good time. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this, and we hope you have a wonderfully safe week. That's really good. Goodbye. I lost myself. Yeah, I was like, teleprompter work right there. Good job. I spaced out. You see, I, could, I wasn't looking ever at the camera. I was just... <laughs> Your nose is bleeding. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm stopping.